Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Wednesday, February 21st, 2024, and you're listening to Alex's News. Let's kick off with a quick weather update. Riverside is gearing up for a relatively mild day this February 21st, with a high of 61.8 degrees and a low of 52.3. Now, turning to today's top stories, we're going to take a deep dive into contentious legal battles as the U.S. Supreme Court hears arguments in Ohio versus EPA, specifically challenging the good neighbor provision. This case could have major implications for environmental regulations across the country. In the realm of healthcare, we're exploring the complex relationship between mental health and abortion rights. Our report delves into how these two critical issues are shaping the landscape of reproductive healthcare initiatives. And on the technology front, we're shining a spotlight on AI advancements that are streamlining everyday tasks. While these innovations are making life easier for many, they also bring forth pressing concerns surrounding privacy and ethics. We'll examine the balance between embracing cutting-edge technology and protecting individual rights. Stay with us for all of these stories and more, as we bring you the news that matters on Alex's News. We begin today's coverage with a major environmental dispute reaching the U.S. Supreme Court. The court is set to hear arguments that could shape the future of air quality in America. To unpack the details, we turn to our reporter, Ethan. Ethan, could you start by laying out the basic issue at hand here? Absolutely, Grace. The controversy centers on the Environmental Protection Agency's Good Neighbor provision, which is part of the Clean Air Act. This provision aims to curb ozone pollution that crosses state lines. But now, several GOP-led states, alongside companies and industry groups, are challenging this provision, arguing that it's an unlawful federal overreach and comes with prohibitive costs. Now, this case is known as Ohio versus EPA. Ethan, tell us more about why these states and groups are pushing back against the EPA? They're taking a stand against the EPA's disapproval of their own state plans to reduce emissions, which led to the agency imposing a federal plan instead. The challengers claim that the EPA's rule is too costly and could even threaten the stability of the power grid. And on the other side of the argument, we have environmental advocates. What's their stance? The environmentalists are in defense of the EPA's rule, Grace. They argue that it's critical for protecting public health by addressing pollution that travels across state borders. They point out that the provision is in line with the Clean Air Act's goals and that not enforcing it can result in increased pollution and health risks. There are some detailed standards involved in the EPA's plan, right, Ethan? How exactly are these intended to improve public health? Yes, the standards are quite specific. They target power plants and industrial facilities to reduce emissions during ozone season, and they incorporate a trading program among other control requirements. The goal here is to prevent not only environmental damage but also tangible health issues like premature deaths, hospital visits, and missed days of work. So what's next for power plants and industrial facilities if the good neighbor plan goes ahead? they will need to take definitive actions to meet the established NOx emissions limitations. This could involve participating in an allowance-based trading program or meeting daily emissions rates and other operational restrictions. The compliance measures are designed to both protect the environment and consider the reliability and costs for the electricity sector while adhering to national ambient air quality standards. With these oral arguments on the horizon, 
Any speculation on the potential consequences this ruling could have? Well, Grace, the court's decision could have far-reaching implications. If the court sides with the challengers, we could see a reshaping of the EPA's authority to regulate air quality, which may stall or even reverse current environmental goals. Conversely, if the court upholds the EPA's rule, it strengthens the federal government's hand in enforcing cross-border pollution measures, key for the ongoing energy transition and public health protection. It certainly sounds like this case has the power to influence environmental and regulatory policies moving forward. Thank you for that comprehensive analysis, Ethan. My pleasure, Grace. It will be a significant case to follow. Indeed, it will. That was our top story. Story one of three today. We're diving into a story that's really sparked conversation across the nation, as mental health surfaces as a flashpoint in the evolving debate over abortion rights. Our reporter Chloe is here with us to discuss how this is playing out in state ballot initiatives aimed at protecting reproductive health care. Chloe, can you give us an overview of what's happening? Absolutely, Grace. We're seeing a shift in the battleground of abortion rights that puts mental health at the heart of the discourse. Advocates for reproductive rights are pushing for ballot initiatives that not only seek to preserve access to abortion but also to integrate mental health considerations into the services provided. They're emphasizing the importance of this holistic approach to really ensure that full well-being is part of an individual's reproductive health care. It seems like mental health is being used to shape the narrative by both sides of the debate. Can you delve deeper into how supporters and opponents of abortion rights are framing their arguments? You're exactly right, Grace. On the one hand, supporters of abortion access are highlighting the need for mental health support as an essential part of comprehensive care. They're making the case that the right to make informed choices about one's body includes access to services that address all facets of health, including mental well-being. On the flip side, we're seeing opponents use mental health as a tool in their arsenal as well. They argue that abortion can be a source of psychological trauma, framing it as a mental health risk to push for more restrictive laws. It's a nuanced tug-of-war where mental health becomes a rhetorical device to advance different ideological standpoints. Considering these perspectives, what are the potential implications or consequences for the general public and policy decisions? The stakes are high, Grace. The way mental health is factored into this debate can influence how the public perceives abortion and can lead to policy shifts that either increase access to reproductive health services or impose more restrictions. If abortion rights initiatives that consider mental health are successful, we might see a more supportive environment for individuals facing these difficult decisions. Conversely, if the argument that abortion harms mental health gains traction, it could reinforce stigma and limit options for reproductive care. With mental health in the spotlight, what other factors might be influencing this aspect of the reproductive rights conversation? Well, there's a cultural layer here, Grace. We're looking at how society's attitudes, beliefs, and norms around both mental health and reproductive rights are intertwined. There's also individual experiences, particularly for those who have faced challenges in accessing abortion services or stigma around their decisions. The success of these initiatives might hinge on changing broader societal attitudes and reducing stigma in order to support autonomy, dignity, and compassion in healthcare. Chloe, thank you so much for breaking down this complex and critical issue for us. We'll certainly be watching closely as these ballot initiatives unfold and the conversation around mental health and abortion rights continues to evolve. Here are some other headlines. First up, in a groundbreaking legal case out of Alabama, 
the state Supreme Court has determined that frozen embryos are considered children under state law. This has sparked a significant debate, raising questions and concerns for fertility treatments within Alabama. To break it down, the Alabama Supreme Court has held that frozen embryos are to be legally recognized as children, consequently they could be considered in wrongful death cases. The decision stems from a case involving three couples whose frozen embryos were destroyed and who are now seeking to sue. With this ruling in place, fertility treatments such as in vitro fertilization, IVF, face ambiguity and potential legal challenges, with IVF access possibly dwindling as a result. Nationwide, this decision could have far-reaching effects, with IVF clinics and patients across the U.S. paying close attention. Critics have voiced their disagreement, challenging the decision as more political than medical, while supporters, mainly from anti-abortion groups, applaud the move as a protection of the rights of the unborn. In medical advances, researchers are excited about the potential of a brain pacemaker designed to combat severe depression. Here's what the recent study has found. A precision medicine approach has tailored treatment for a patient with severe depression using specific brain circuits and biomarkers. A device implanted in the patient's brain modulates treatment based on real-time neural activity, showing significant improvement where other treatments had failed. The procedure, akin to deep brain stimulation, is still under research and awaiting FDA approval, but it could revolutionize treatment for treatment-resistant depression. Turning to international news, tensions between Iran and Israel have escalated following sabotage that caused explosions on a substantial natural gas pipeline amid broader Middle Eastern geopolitical strains. Key points include, Iran has adopted a more assertive stance via its proxies, while attempting to manage tensions with Israel, which are demonstrated through numerous regional aggressions. A recent incident involving the death of an Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps officer has fueled the fire. The situation remains volatile, with the international community urging restraint to prevent full-scale conflict. In U.S. political news, there's a growing divide within the abortion rights movement over the issue of viability. Advocates are split on whether to include viability, the point at which a fetus can survive outside the womb, in upcoming abortion legislation and ballot initiatives. Here's what is happening. Roe v. Wade had set the precedent of viability as roughly 23 to 24 weeks of pregnancy, but modern medical advancements and differing opinions have called this into question. Some states are considering legislation without viability clauses while others are debating compromises to enhance the measure's chances of passing. This divide is especially pronounced in Republican-leaning states and those with closely divided populations. In entertainment news, Beyoncé's latest hit, Texas Hold'em, has topped the music charts. This triumph adds to the artist's string of successful releases. Details on which chart or the timeline of this achievement are not immediately available from the provided information, but Beyoncé fans and music charts are undoubtedly abuzz with this news. That wraps up a quick look at other headlines for today. Stay tuned for more updates and comprehensive coverage on these stories as they develop. On to our third story of the morning. We're diving into the fascinating and sometimes contentious world of artificial intelligence. With AI agents now capable of performing tasks like ordering food and booking vacations, it seems we're witnessing a revolution in everyday activities. But it's not all convenience and progress. 
There are growing concerns about privacy, biases, and the ethical use of these powerful technologies. To break down the latest in AI advancements and the surrounding debates, we have Ethan with us, our specialist correspondent. Ethan, can you give us an overview of what's going on? Absolutely, Grace. Thank you. We're seeing a leap in AI capabilities with devices like the Rabbit R1, which NPR covered, showing how voice prompt interactions with AI are streamlining everyday tasks. The company behind Rabbit R1 asserts that user data is protected, but there's a lingering worry about AI agents potentially going rogue or questioning the need for separate AI devices altogether. Rogue AI sounds quite concerning. But what exactly does that mean for the average user, Ethan? Well, Grace, when we talk about AI going rogue, we're referring to the idea that these AI agents might somehow act unpredictably or outside of their programming in ways that could be detrimental to the user. While there are protocols in place to prevent this, the rapid development of AI technology means that companies must be vigilant to ensure that AI remains trustworthy. I see. With trust in mind, what's happening in Silicon Valley with these AI developments? The New York Times recently highlighted how AI is transforming Silicon Valley, underscoring Anthropic's substantial funding and the changing nature of dealmaking. Paolo Benanti from the Vatican, an AI ethics expert, as calling for ethical control of these technologies as they have the power to reinforce societal inequalities if not handled carefully. That's a serious ethical consideration. How are these concerns impacting the broader tech landscape? Majorly, Grace. We've seen chatbots and video generation technologies like Sora's showing just how far we've come. OpenAI, for instance, has seen a valuation surge thanks to its innovative AI developments. But with these advancements come potential threats to democracies and other misuse risks, leading to a rally among developers and stakeholders to address these dangers effectively. It seems to be a delicate balance between innovation and safety. What kind of risks are we talking about, and how might they affect us? Transparency, bias, and privacy stand out as the most pressing risks. For instance, AI trained on biased data can perpetuate stereotypes, leading to unfair treatment or discrimination. Ethical dilemmas also arise when AI actions conflict with human values. And of course, privacy concerns are paramount, as users want to know their personal information isn't being misused. With those risks in mind, what are we doing to ensure AI safety and user protection? To navigate this, strategies like privacy by design are being adopted, where user privacy is considered right from the AI development phase. Regulations and data governance are being talked about to ensure compliance and ethical usage of AI. Continuous learning within the industry and informed policy frameworks aim to create a transparent, accountable, and ethical AI ecosystem. As AI continues to evolve, it certainly looks like we'll need to stay vigilant about these protective measures. Thank you, Ethan, for that in-depth analysis, and for keeping us informed about the latest developments in the world of AI. My pleasure, Grace. It's a rapidly changing field, but one that holds a lot of promise if managed correctly. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4 Turbo. GPT-3.5 Turbo. The Perplexity API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.